0: Hello, apartment friends. It's me, Leslie Mathis, with the Multifamily Streamline Podcast. Once again, I've been sitting on the best interview for months, but dang, I am beyond thrilled to share it with you all. Check out what Kate Good has to say about leasing, development, and leadership. She literally is about to tell you one of the best stories ever. Well, thank you so much for joining. I um, know you probably don't need an introduction, and unless you're sleeping under a rock, people um, probably know you, but would you just introduce yourself and tell us your how how you got into the business? Oh, I'd be happy to. So I'm Kate Good, and I am an apartment developer, and
1: my company is Huntington Residential. We're based in Houston, Texas, and we uh, build boutique apartment communities, but in mainstream markets. And it's so much fun because I'm building the apartments I always wanted to lease. So that's really how I got started as a leasing consultant. I was 19 years old, moved out from mom and dad, needed a job and a rent discount, and was fortunate to go to work for the nation's largest development company at the time, Thermal Crow Residential. Oh, nice. And we were building on every corner and there was lots of opportunity to really understand the lease up and development process. And I was always put on the new apartment communities because I love to lease and I was really darn good at it. And, um, that's when I just kind of got the fever that, I want to be a developer one day. And I didn't know what that meant or how I was going to get there or what steps needed to be taken or who I needed to talk to, but it was just always my dream. And so I think with that dream, every decision that I made in my career somehow uh, worked with new construction and working with those leaders in new construction and learning from them and being on their team um, made me um, so much smarter. And when I got the opportunity to be a developer, believe me, I had a lot of reservations. Am I qualified for this? Am I ready to do it on my own? And I found a great business partner who believed in in me and what I did and invited me to join the team and lead multifamily development and operations and We'd always, this company, Huntington, um, we known for retail development. So the office is full of people talking about that word, I can't stand, tenants. <laughs> <And> they're all about <laughs> yes. retail, right? And then I come in with, with multifamily and everybody wants to work on our team because we're the happiest people in the office. Because multifamily is a lot of fun. And I just, having that experience, that juxtaposition between retail and multifamily, I just was confident on in my first month. This is exactly what I needed to, to be doing. And I think I'm be really, really good at it. So that was uh, 10 years ago. And, um, and the rest is history in the making we're, we're, we're really taking off and, and finding our niche.
0: I love that too. So I'm sure it wasn't like a short process or journey to get to that point. But if you always knew you wanted to be a developer, how did you stay focused over I, I don't know how many years that was but like how did you stay focused on that goal that got you there
1: yeah it took me 23 years to get there
0: <laughs> yeah so in a short journey <laughs> yeah but it was not
1: but I had a lot of steps along the way and and it I probably could have been a developer sooner sure but I was enjoying the steps that I was taking so um at Trammell Crow um when I got bored with leasing apartments, I decided I want to teach people how to lease an apartment. And then I decided that I wanted to, um, start a marketing agency within the company. And so now we were a profit center within the company. And then they located me next to the development team. And then I started telling them when I thought about stuff and I loved the process. I thought it was just, you know, I, I was enjoying the steps and I never felt like I was quite ready. And then, um, I switched from uh, Trammell Crow to Gables and based out of Atlanta and really strong wheat. We had, at the time I joined them, we had 42 properties under development. So we were really development focused and I felt like I was an important part of that development process with um, the departments that I was leading. And so I felt like I was always on that journey and it was fulfilling to me. And I knew every step was going to make me so much stronger and when I look out at my peers of developers now, I don't always see people who have the same experience that I do. They haven't worked on site as long as I did, or maybe at all. They didn't approach it from a training and marketing perspective. They weren't a property manager. and But they have other experience. Maybe they worked in an investment banking firm. Maybe they worked for a lender. Maybe they have an architectural background, very different from what I have. But I just felt like I knew what kind of apartment people wanted to live in. So those steps along the way were very motivating to me. I never really knew how it was going to happen, but I believed it would.
0: I love that. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, now being on the development side, I, I, I think that's the piece that's missing is that operations isn't looking at it. So we're not talking to our teams or some developers aren't talking to their teams. They don't. They've never been in a leasing office. Some of them have never lived in an apartment. So how do they know what the demographic really wants? Right. So I think when operations are involved and somebody who's lived it and experienced it is part of the design team and the development process, we just build a better product.
1: Right. I have a motto. We're never going to build an objection. So that needs a leasing eye. Somebody's got to look at it and say, yeah, yeah, that's a problem, and we need to fix that. But then once I became a developer and all these decisions were up to me, but I saw all the factors that go into it. For example, my team always says to me, why don't we build more one bedrooms? Well, because we had structured parking, I had to have one point three spaces per one bedroom, that would, we could have made the whole property one bedrooms, but we'd have a 12 story parking deck. <laughs> that's to go up 12 stories? You can't do that. It doesn't work for this footprint, for this particular piece of property. Right. And so, you know, it is a puzzle and you learn that and you start to put together and you see the limitations. And so now my job is, and I call myself a professional problem solver. What do, what can we do to solve that problem in the best way we can? And I tell my operations team all the time, there's a reason why I did it this way. Just ask me. But I want to hear their feedback. That's why I say just ask me. Tell me what you think about it. And if I can eliminate that in the future on our next project or fix it on this one, if we can talk about my reason and your reason for wanting it to be something different, maybe there's something that we can accomplish in the middle. But a lot of times just to say to them, there's a reason and this is why, then they come back and say, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's what I'll tell somebody. I didn't know that. I'll I'll be happy to share that in my leasing tour. And so I never got that access to the development team when I was leasing apartments. Why do you build it that way? Why is it this way? And I found that it's made my leasing consultant stronger because we had that conversation.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. So, We do a playbook for every deal and we build every deal specific to the market and the demographic that we're projecting. But the one thing we do now is the developer walks with the leasing team and gives the story. Like, why was that piece of land chosen? Why was, what's the history behind it? Why was this decision made? And it's recorded and then we capture it and put it in the playbook so that they can talk about it. And then it does. It answers their questions. And then I feel like it gets buy-in because now they've heard it. It's personal. It's from the person who, you know, kind of brought all this to fruition. And it's a game changer. Okay.
1: I'm totally I'm <laughs> taking that idea. Yes, I need that playbook. I need to record that at the beginning, especially, you know, as I'm going along, even if I just record it in my, you know, script of a few notes every day about the process and what got us here. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Creating that story because this property will live on well after I'm going to be involved in it. Hopefully I'm building them that nice, but hopefully um, I want the, the leasing consultant in 15 years from now to know. Why and what and and that this is a feature that we put a lot of thought into. Yeah, is how it should operate. This is why we did it, and and yeah, I think that's a great tip. I'm taking that away from this podcast. Thank
0: you. Done. <laughs> well, and so even like because you know we're similar. I work for a company and that's a, essentially a merchant developer, and so we feel like that's a marketing asset that goes with the project and so we hope because it is kind of hard to give your mm-hmm. baby away mm-hmm. and we hope that in sharing the playbook that the next owner will buy in to the dream and keep all of those little touches we put in place like that they'll keep it alive yeah and um so we feel like It really even adds value to the asset, even on the sale price. Right. Or at least that's what I tell the team. Yeah. Um, So I think it's super important because people don't realize, like, how long you work on one of those projects. Like, Mm -hmm. it can be five years, Mm -hmm. it can be three years, but... I didn't
1: know. know. I didn't know what it was going to take. The the pre-construction time, the permitting time, the... You know, getting it, getting it to just even putting a shovel in the ground and then building it. I had no idea the horizon. I really thought I was going to be a developer for like five years and then I'd be ready to retire. And I realized after the first five years, I'm not. I haven't done enough. I'm not right. finished. And, oh, by the way, I only got two projects built.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, one of our guys tells a story that he just closed on um, one of the deals in the land. So, we haven't even started the construction. Mm-hmm. But he closed on the land and his son is a senior in high school. But when he started it, he was like in third grade or something <gasps> oh like that. So he's been chasing after this it deal hard. for years yes. and years. And yes, I know that's not the normal, but um, it, but I think our teams need to hear that story, like how much really goes into it and how mm-hmm. much you have invested. Just from a time perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so if you're you're a lean organization and I know this wasn't one of our questions, but you're a lean organization, how do you keep like how do you put strategic people in place for these deals as you develop them to kind of build your team and like meaning from a design perspective and mm-hmm. um do you use the same people always mm-hmm. or like from an architect and a gc mm-hmm. or um mm-hmm. like how do you do that
1: mm-hmm. well i've only used one architect um steinberg dickey design collaborative out of houston um stanford steinberg is an amazing architect but what really makes him cool is he'll come to events and not just architectural, not just the architect's conference. You know, he goes to the marketing conference. He'll come to Apartmentalize. He'll he'll attend these events. And I see him in the marketing sessions. And I see him in the leasing sessions. And he's taking all that in as a designer because he wants to build great apartment communities. And I met him when I was 25 years old. And I was blown away the fact that an architect was sitting next to me in a marketing session and um i just always knew that that's who i wanted to work with and sanford and i had done work over the years and i had referred him to some of my consulting clients that i had worked with um and um so i i had a chance to work with him in that respect but to then go and sit down and choose my team so then with sanford from there it kind of because i have such a trust bond with him i said okay Who's my MEP? Who's my structural? Um, these were things that I didn't know a lot about, and I trusted him because he's got to work with Structural and MEP and civil, um, all these architects. And architects know architects. And, <laughs> and they know who's going to deliver on time, who works best for the plants, and who has the best plans once it gets into the field. Because you really want to have complete plans once you get in the field. There should be no questions at all. And he um, had some companies they really liked to work with. He also recommended a GC. Uh, So I went with the entire team that he recommended. The only people that I really brought into the team was, of course, the people that I wanted for signage, (laughs) marketing, the design, our interiors group, my landscape architect, my gym engineer, these these kind of people that that I had a group that I had worked with in the past. So I wanted to bring them into my teams also. And so those people were just excited to work. So I brought in my own team and for a lot of the high touch leasing and marketing aspects. And they were people that I had worked with in the past. And I knew them to be very creative and very um fun to work with. Everything that I do has to be fun. The property has to be fun. The people have to be fun. Cause I, I if I'm gonna work this hard, I better have just a laughing great time. But I think fun translates in our design too. And that's what I wanted my properties to be. And so I brought those people in. And I've made changes as we've gone into other markets um sadly i don't work with that gc anymore but that change put me into a situation where i found a, a new gc that i'm really happy with too and they've taught me things that the other gc they've got their tricks they've got their their resources their subs and and that's made us strong too so it it it, it evolves and sometimes um I, it's a risk. I don't know what it's going to be like working with this in a new engineering firm, or new team member. But, um, I think I'm the leader and I said, I have to set the tone for that. So if they're not performing to the level I want them to, I have to look at myself first and say, did I set them up for success?
0: Oh, I think that's a really good point. Um, so I'm sure like, your operation experience and team building kind of led you to know, like, people are the most important part of it. And so you probably use those skills to build this team, mm-hmm. would you say?
1: Yes. Yes. And my business partner and I love the fact that people want to work with us because he likes to say, uh, we don't have to choke on all the chocolate pie. <laughs> <laughs> and what he means is we we, we share the trophy. Um, we share the experience in terms of bring your best chest. I'm the developer that's probably going to say yes. If you, as a landscape architect, have this great vision, this great idea, and, and it's a little out of the box, and no other developer was willing to take the risk, take the chance, they needed proof of concept, you know. I'm not that one. If you're passionate about it and this is your area of expertise and you're selling it to me and I can vision it and I know it's right for my property also, maybe I don't even know for sure it's right, but I believe in them and their vision. I want to give them that chance because we've created things that I never dreamed of because I gave somebody the keys to go do it. And I will say that in my career, I had a lot of people who treated me that way, and because I wasn't, I, I wasn't the cookie cutter person. I kind of marched to my own beat and um, had others that followed. And it was because somebody let me do that and realized that that's what made me different. I'll just tell you a quick story. When I was leasing consultant, I had leased forty eight apartments, and no, I got forty eight renewals in one month. In addition to 52 leases. Oh, wow. It was a lot of paperwork. We were bond financed. My, um, and this was back when we typed leases and <laughs> it took a long time to do it all, right? And uh, the uh, property manager held my really large bonus check, the largest check I would have ever seen for then, up till then, and for a long time after. And he held my check because my files weren't perfect. So, I was kind of upset about that and I didn't want to jump off that leasing floor to sit and do all this administrative work. And I'm just never going to be a great paperwork person, I figured. And so I called a temp agency and I hired my own administrative assistant and she came into work for me. I gave her my desk. I set up shop at a table out in the club room and that's where I greeted traffic and kept doing my thing, showed her how to do one perfect file and then asked her to do it. And the manager came in and he said, who are you? And he, she gave her, him her name and he said, I don't, I don't think you work here. And she said, I work for Kate. And he said, Kate's a leasing consultant. No one works for her. (laughs) And so she said, no, I work for a temp agency. Kate hired me and I'm I'm doing her paperwork. So I came back from a show and thank goodness I got the lease because I was like, I got the lease. Look <laughs> at me. I'm so good. And he said, get in my office. And I walked into his office and he said, you hired a temp. I said, yeah. You need my paperwork to be perfect. I don't have time. I want to keep leasing apartments. He said, I don't know whether to fire you or promote you. I don't know what to do. He had a meeting with all the other property managers, a regional meeting that afternoon. Tells the story to all the other property managers. And they said, we'll hire, we'll hire. I mean, they just wanted somebody who would work that hard. Well, he wouldn't let me keep the temp. <laughs> but the whole company knew who I was at that point And everybody wanted me on their team. And they did find a way to get me help so that I could just go be a rock star.
0: Oh my gosh, that's the best story I think I've ever heard. Was <laughs> it's that, true. How early in your career was that? Oh,
1: um six, four to six months. Yeah. I mean, it happened fast. You were 19? Yes. I didn't know any better. I did not know any better. I just I just wanted to be great.
0: <laughs> I that's the best story. Um uh, yeah, find a way. Find Get a way. it done. Yep. Uh, well, but you know, it's kind of switching back to operations like we talk about that a lot too like we have third-party management but um like we just know that salespeople aren't admin people mm-hmm. and somehow like you know however many years later like we're still solving to the same problem mm-hmm. like I think we need to fix it still and, yeah you know um, and as
1: much as we automate everything you know there's still input levels and just getting them to do that it's like ah come on, you, you don't know what we used to do. And they don't want to hear about back in the ledger card days, but <laughs> they don't even know what that is. Yeah, But it is um, more streamlined. I think we've reduced a lot of friction, um, but it's okay. I love the people who are my frontline team. And if they're great with people and passionate about the product and um, passionate and enjoy coming to work every day, it's Okay it's okay. I will, I will figure out a way to put them in a position that they can be successful. And we figure out ways to get everything else done. My director of operations absolutely cannot stand to write a budget. It scares her. And she came from a company that she didn't write budgets. I came from a company where we did write our budgets and we wanted to write our budgets. It was our turn to plan for the property and tell them what we needed and what we needed for the year. So I had a different approach to it, but I was taught to do it. She was never taught to do it. She still doesn't like to do it. I said, that's all right. Yeah. I'm going to hire somebody on our financial services team who's going to track your budget, do your owner's report. I'm going to do all that for you because you're so good at what you do. And I have a harder time replicating that than somebody who knows how to do Excel."
0: Well, yeah, and I think that even, you know, speaks to what you're doing on the development side with building your team and making them part of your team, even though they're, you know, like a contractor or um, a sub or, but, you know, putting people in the right place and letting them have that freedom and the opportunity to grow. And I think when you allow that and kind of unleash it and encourage it, like it just makes everything better. Like you said, everybody wants to work for you, but it's like when that happens, then the project's even better. And Mm -hmm. then we're leasing to higher price Mm -hmm. points and we're not offering concessions even when their neighbors are offering concessions. And it just creates this environment that everybody wants to be part of it. And, you know, in our industry, we've always had this like, oh, you're a leasing consultant then you become an assistant manager. But if we don't change and find, new roles for people that like speak to like their areas of expertise, then mm-hmm. we're, we're going to miss out on some really great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to your point, I don't have or expect my team to take that traditional career path. Lisa Gonzalez, assistant manager, manager. In fact, we don't even have assistant manager role. Everybody is taught to do everything. So you could come into work one day, and you're going to be working on maybe a collection, or maybe you're going to be working on outreach, or maybe you're going to be working on coding bills. But you're going to be exposed to all that. And then when it's time to pick our new manager, we have a wider pool within to look at, and um, and can move people to that position. I have manager right now. He's amazing. He was super amazing um, in that leasing role. He made the jump to manager. And he isn't loving the manager role. He doesn't love it. And he was honest with me and told me that. And I said, thank you, because I don't want to lose you to another company. You're great. You have a lot of value. And I said, when I get these next properties to this point, the ones that we have in the pipeline right now, I'm going to need somebody to be a training and marketing director and floater. Is that something you'd want to do? His face lit up. And he was so excited. Mm-hmm. And I said, guess what? That's exactly the path that I took too. Yeah. And it's okay that you didn't want to be a property manager. I've been long. I hated being a property manager. <laughs> I have the utmost respect for property managers and regional managers. It was a too. darn hard job. I did not enjoy it. I wasn't great at it. And, and, but that's okay. We shouldn't all be that same type of person. We need a lot of diversity to have a really great team.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we just have to start embracing it more as an industry. And it can't just be these one-offs. Like, we, we all really need to embrace it. Um, we won't get into the people shortage today or any of that. <laughs> so you're obviously a dream chaser, and so many of us are. Like, what's the one piece of advice you want to leave us with? Like, how do you, like, what would you share? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I recently was reminded of a great quote by Steve Martin. Um, people would ask him, how how are you a successful comedian and actor for all these decades? And I get yeah. asked that question a lot. You know, I want to be a professional speaker. How can I be like you, Kate Good? I want to be a developer. How can I be like you? And to really sit down and tell somebody my story, it's not going to be their story. Um, the steps I took, some of them don't really exist anymore because things have changed in in the world of, of property management and development. But what I, when I heard Steve Martin give this advice, I realized that's the advice that I give to people too. Maybe not in his words, but I like his words better. So I'm going to use those right now. He said, be so good, they can't ignore you. Be so good, they can't ignore you. And I think that's what defined my career. Um, I was good and could create that attention for myself. And so if I was good and in the right position at the right time, with the right set of skills, and I was performing well, and the promotion was there, I would get it. If the opportunity was there, I would get it. And so that has just kind of been my lifelong um, goal to just be really good that people notice and they want to work with me. They want to share their ideas with me. They want to share their experiences and their triumphs with me. Um, and I want to share that back with them too. And so I'm stealing Steve Martin's line now, and that's what I tell people. And I think people that are that good and people take notice of them, the opportunities will create themselves because of the firepower that you put out there. And so whatever that is, whatever you're, whatever you're striving for. I have a friend who just left the work world to be a mom. And it was a big decision for her. And I, she said, "What? I don't even know if I can do this. And I just said, be so good. Be so good that you do enjoy it. Be so good that you enjoy it. And when you enjoy it, other people notice. And they're going to want to be a mom like you, and maybe that'll lead to your next career once your kids are to an age that you feel comfortable going back to work. So you could be building something really amazing right now. And I think it's what she needed to hear, but I also think it was good advice too.
0: Yeah, that is great advice. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I hope you'll come back and we can talk more about development and operations and all the things, but I really appreciate it. And this has been wonderful.
1: Thank you. And yes, I will come back anytime because you share great ideas with me too. So <laughs> let's
0: keep making it happen. Deal. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Now go chase down all your dreams and I will see you back here next week.